Welcome to the Pint Glass Football Podcast. This is Pint Glass Football. Drink beer, talk football. If you're new to the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Social media is at PGF Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Fowler, and McKenzie Brewing is the official beer of Pint Glass Football. You can follow them at McKenzie Brewing. The NFL draft just keeps getting closer, PGF Nation, and today I'm going to give you guys my NFL draft big board top 25 prospects. I'm going to tell you who I really like in this draft, who I think the elite guys are in this class and why. Tyrone Powell is out in Vegas right now, guys. He is living it up, having some fun out there. So I'm rolling solo, PGF Nation, but I got a great show for you guys. We're going to take a deep dive look at these prospects. Can't wait to do it with you guys. I'm excited to share my big board with you guys. Tyrone should be back next week, and I've got some amazing guests lined up for these next few episodes, so be sure to stay tuned for that. But let's get started here. For you guys that follow me on Twitter and Instagram, I posted a sneak peek a few days ago of my top 10 NFL draft big board prospects. So if you follow me on social media, you might have saw those already. It's a lot of guys that we've already spent a lot of time talking about. So I'm not going to spend a whole bunch of time breaking down the top 10. I'll get a little more in-depth with some of these later prospects that we haven't touched on as much in these recent episodes. But I'm going to start at the top here. Number one, of course, is Trevor Lawrence. We've talked a lot about him, the size, the athletic ability, the arm. He just checks a ton of boxes. This kid is really, really special, a high, high high-level prospect. Going to be a lot of fun to see how his NFL career plays out in Jacksonville. My number two prospect in this class is Panay Sewell the offensive tackle out of Oregon. I think outside of Trevor Lawrence, he's one of my very few can't-miss players. We talked a lot about him in these recent episodes as well, so I'm not going to spend a whole bunch of time on him, but he just has an incredible blend of size and athletic ability. He's got some of the quickest feet I've ever seen on an offensive lineman. So powerful in the run game, just blows defenders back, can pass protect, rarely gives up any pressures or sacks. Just an unbelievable prospect. Truly a guy, you just don't see prospects like this every day. He's the kind of guy you probably don't see an offensive tackle prospect like this once in maybe every 10 years. That's how special of a player Panay Sewell is. Number three is Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida. He's getting a whole bunch of NFL draft buzz, and rightfully so. When you watch this guy's tape, he's such an incredible playmaker. The size and athletic ability, the speed. I've said it on earlier podcasts, this guy is going to be a mismatch nightmare. He is going to tear the league up. I don't think it matters where he goes. I don't think the scheme or any of that stuff matters Sure, I think having a good quarterback will help him. Having a good O-line, you know, a good offense around him will certainly help, just like it will anybody. But this guy is just such an outstanding talent. I think he's going to excel at the next level no matter where he ends up. And those three guys, for me, those are really the can't-miss guys in this draft. Those are the three guys that I would be the most surprised of any. If either any of those guys turned out to be busts, I would be absolutely shocked. Those are easily the top three players in this class for me. At number four, you've got the next tier of guys. Still very elite, but not quite in that top three for me. At number four, I've got Jamar Chase, the wide receiver out of LSU. 
He took the season off last year. He opted out. Well, Panay Sewell did as well. And actually, a lot of these guys did that's in, that's on this list. But last that we saw Jamar Chase, he was absolutely tearing up the SEC for the LSU Tigers. He's got outstanding size, pass-catching ability. He's just a big-time playmaker. He's going to be a chain mover. I don't think he's as quite as explosive as a couple of these other receivers that I'm going to mention here. But he's just a very, very complete player. If I was going to make a player comp, he kind of reminds me of a young Larry Fitzgerald, which is really high praise, but I think he could be that level of player when it's all said and done very high on Jamar Chase. And number five is Jalen Waddle, the wide receiver out of Alabama. Probably one of the most explosive players in this entire draft. He is a home run hitter. He's a yards after the catch monster. Just a big, big time playmaker. You're going to hear playmaker a lot when I'm talking about these guys because we've got a special group here of guys that really can become true elite wide receivers. And he's one of those guys. I think the injuries might be the only real concern for him, but I expect him to bounce back and have a really good NFL career. I think he's poised to be a number one receiver somewhere. At number six, Micah Parsons, the linebacker out of Penn State. I've said it on prior podcasts as well when talking about Micah Parsons. He's an elite linebacker. Very few linebackers in the last couple of years remind me of this guy. He is such a complete player, outstanding speed. And the thing about Micah Parsons is he's the perfect linebacker for today's NFL. He can cover. He's got that sideline to sideline speed. He can pick up wide receivers in the passing game, but he he can blitz. He can cover the run. He's an intelligent player, just an outstanding linebacker another guy who opted out but blew people away at his pro day and really solidified his status in this draft at number seven is a guy that quite frankly I won't shut up about because he's one of my favorite players in this entire draft he's climbing draft boards and he seems to be getting a lot more NFL draft buzz from other podcasters from other analysts and writers it seems like he's starting to get the attention that I felt like he deserved from the beginning and that's Jason C. Horn, the cornerback out of South Carolina, prototypical size, prototypical speed. He is an alpha. This guy is a dog. He is going to be outstanding in man-to-man coverage. He can blanket wide receivers. He can mirror wide receivers. His dad, of course, was Joe Horn, the wide receiver for the Saints, a very high-level wide receiver for many years in the NFL. He's got that NFL DNA. Really, really awesome player. I think he's the best cornerback in this draft, and I think when it's all said and done, I would not be surprised if he's the first cornerback taken in this draft, even though most don't think he will be. At number eight, Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle out of Northwestern. Some people think he's as good as Panay Sewell. I don't think he's quite up to par with Panay Sewell, but the one thing I really like about his game is he's so technically sound. This guy is just such a polished prospect. He's going to come in and be an NFL starter day one. He's going to be able to play at the next level immediately. He's got the frame, the size, the athletic ability. He checks a lot of boxes for a starting left tackle in this league, and I think he'll be an immediate impact player for somebody who needs a left tackle, which, let's face it, is an extremely important position in the NFL, as we know. At number nine, I've got the other Alabama wide receiver, Devontae Smith, 
This guy is explosive. He's got speed for days. He's one of those guys that can really win at all three levels. The short and intermediate routes, he can take it the distance. Anytime you get his hands on the football, he is a threat to take it all the way. He has that kind of elite speed and playmaking ability. He can take the top off of a defense. Just a great, great player. I'd say the only knock on him is his size. He's really pretty small at about 170 pounds. You have to kind of wonder if he's going to be able to hold up kind of reminds me a little bit of Hollywood Brown when he came out I criticized Hollywood Brown because as outstanding of a playmaker as he was coming out of Oklahoma I questioned his size and durability and we've already seen early in his career that he's gotten dinged up a little bit and hasn't quite lived up to the status that we thought he would I'm not sure if it'll be the same for Devontae Smith, but either way, just a big-time playmaker at wide receiver and is in my top 10. At number 10, I've got Justin Fields, the quarterback out of Ohio State. Another guy we've touched on a lot, and that's why I'm going through this top 10 a little quicker than normal because we've pretty much broken down these guys. And if you want to go back and listen to the first two episodes, you can hear a lot more in-depth analysis on a lot of these players that I've mentioned. But Justin Fields is a guy who I think is the second best quarterback in this class. I think Zach Wilson's a very good player. I think Trey Lance has high upside. I'm not very high on Mac Jones. And and quite frankly, I think Justin Fields has some holes in his game as well. But with that being said, he's got great mechanics. He's got good accuracy. I love his toughness, his grit, his competitive spirit. He throws a nice ball. He can make all the NFL throws. And you have to love the fact that he's a dual threat quarterback because he's very athletic. He's going to be able to keep plays alive on third down he's going to be able to elude pressure so he's definitely has a lot of upside as well as a quarterback but moving outside of the top 10 we're going to touch a little bit more in depth on some of these players that we haven't talked about as much here on the podcast number 11 for me is a guy who's also been climbing draft boards and I was high on him from day one and that's Elijah Vera Tucker the offensive lineman out of USC. He's six foot four, 315 pounds. He's the best interior offensive line prospect in this class. Now, granted, he did play tackle and guard at USC, and I love that about him because he showed a ton of versatility. I think he projects better as a guard at the next level, but he's got ideal size, ideal power. He's really a powerful run blocker. This guy can really blow defensive linemen off the ball. He can get to the second level and pick up line backers because he's got good athletic ability very solid in pass protection he's just a very very complete player I think he's going to be a day one starter for somebody looking for an interior offensive lineman but also like I said a versatile guy who could play tackle in a pinch and could come in and fill in for guys I think he's going to be a really valuable asset for somebody on the offensive line because he's got that prototypical NFL size NFL strength just a really really good prospect a guy that I'm very high on. At number 12, I've got Caleb Farley, the cornerback out of Virginia Tech. This guy, when you watch his tape, man, you want to talk about an awesome athlete, just awesome size for an outside corner at six foot two, 197 pounds. He's long, he's fast, he's athletic. He makes those wow plays when you watch his tape. Just outstanding in man-to-man coverage with 
big time ball skills. This guy was a former wide receiver and it definitely shows when you watch his tape because he is a threat to pick it off and take it to the house anytime he gets his hands on the ball. Now he's not quite as good in zone coverage as he is in man-to-man but he did show some improvement in the zone at Virginia Tech. So not a huge concern there. I think he's a pretty versatile player and can play in multiple different schemes. For, For him It's well known at this point, but injuries are the big red flag for him. And it's probably the reason that even though I've got him at number 12 on the big board, realistically, he could slide out of the first round or potentially be a late first round pick. He has easily top 10 talent in this draft. I don't think there's any doubt about that. His talent is absolutely outstanding. But with the injury concerns, he's had multiple different issues with injuries. And I think because of that, there's a chance he slides in this draft. But if he's a guy that could potentially stay healthy, I think he could be a big time, big time cornerback at the next level. And I think once the late first or second round rolls around, someone's going to roll the dice on Caleb Farley and hope that he can stay healthy. And if he does, man, watch out because this kid is really talented. At number 13, this is a guy that I have to admit flew a little bit under the radar for me. And the more I read about him and started watching his tape and then hearing about some of our guests who we've had in the previous two episodes talk about him, I started paying closer and closer attention to his game. And I'm starting to really, really like what I see. And that's Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, the linebacker out of Notre Dame, six foot two, 216 pounds. He really fits the mold of today's modern linebacker. I said that earlier about some of these guys like a Micah Parsons. The days of guys being 6'4", 250, 260 pounds, you don't see that as much anymore because you have to be more versatile. There's just so many more passing plays, so many more running backs that can play and catch out of the backfield. You've got faster, more athletic tight ends than you've had in years past. And so linebackers are being forced to be more versatile. They're not just big run stoppers anymore. And so this This guy really fits into that scheme. A guy who could really be a three-down linebacker. I mean, he can cover and blitz. He can stop the run, get pressure on the quarterback. Really explosive. Man, when you watch his tape, this guy flies around. He's got a nose for the football. And I think that's because he's just got a really high football IQ and great instincts. His first step, when you watch his first step, man, he just explodes to the football and just a wrecking ball, man. Owusu Koromoa, if you haven't seen this guy's tape, go check him out on YouTube. He's a blast to watch. I think he is going to be a menace when he gets into the league. I think he could fit into a lot of different schemes with that versatility, that speed, and all the different things he can bring to a defense. So I'm really high on Owusu Koromoa. At number 14, I've got Zach Wilson. Now, this is a guy we've touched on in prior episodes. He's the quarterback out of BYU. He's six foot three, 210 pounds. Now, I discussed this with Tyrone. I'm not 100% sold that that's his size. Tyrone thinks that he is, but you have to realize that's very close to the measurables of Justin Fields. It just doesn't pass the eye test to me. Justin Fields looks clearly bigger when I watch his tape. So I have a hard time believing that Zach Wilson is actually 6'3", 210. I would not be surprised if he was closer to 6'1", or 6'2", maybe 205. I don't know. He's st- Granted, he still has the size that he can play at the next level. If Drew Brees can play at the NFL level and become one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, then I'm not that worried about Zach Wilson's size. 
but it's not prototypical. He's not that big, big, tall, strong kid. He's He is maybe slightly undersized, but I don't think it'll be a huge detriment to his game. But he is a good athlete, and that's one thing I really like about Zach Wilson. He can escape the pressure, and he throws well on the run. He can make those off-balance throws. Just really stellar arm talent. I think that's by far his best quality. I think that's what the Jets are falling in love with when they see him and why he's going to be the number two pick. Like I said, he can make those off-platform throws. He can make those sidearm throws. He can really manipulate that arm angle and make all kinds of plays, and I think that is something that we see more and more in the NFL game is guys that can uh, adjust to the pass rush and adjust their bodies and still make a play in tough situations. Very accurate thrower. He's got very nice touch and he shows really good anticipation and timing. I think that might be his best trait and it's something that I don't see enough of with some of these other quarterbacks outside of Trevor Lawrence. He really can throw his guys open and and put it into tight windows. I really like that about him. Now he made big improvements from 2019 to 2020. If you look at his 2019 tape, he was a bit reckless. There was times where it, it seemed like he was trying to force way too many throws. But in 2020, he really put it all together and climbed draft boards and solidified his status as one of the best quarterbacks in this class. For me, the big concern, and I've touched on it before, was that he beat up on a lot of cupcakes at BYU. And he didn't play well versus Coastal Carolina, which is really the only good team he played all year. So to me, that's a red flag. I really like to see guys play to high level against the highest competition. We saw that from Justin Fields against Clemson. We didn't see it from Zach Wilson. So that's a little bit of a concern, but either way, I think he's a good overall prospect. Be fascinating to see what he can do at the next level. At number 15, I've got Quiddy Pay. Defensive end out of Michigan. He's six foot four, 277 pounds, sky high potential when you're talking about Quiddy Pay. I mean, with the right coach and the right system, I think this guy could be a big time defensive star. Now he blew scouts away at his pro day, really, really showed off, showed off the athletic ability. He's got perfect size for the position to play defensive end at 6'4", 277. Awesome blend of size and athletic ability. But what I really like about him is his motor. This guy doesn't give up on plays. He's a high-energy guy. He's big and athletic, and I think he could become a really disruptive pass rusher at the next level. He's got big, strong, powerful hands. He's able to keep offensive linemen off his pads. Now, the red flag for him is he didn't produce enough. Considering his ability, you would have expected better numbers and production from him, but most people think it really had more to do with the coaching staff at Michigan and that he was improperly used. This was a guy that they kind of lined up all over the D-line. They asked him to do a lot of different things. And I don't think all the things they were asking him to do really suited his talent. So I think at the next level, he's going to be able to come in and just play defensive end where he should have been lined up all along and, and not be bouncing around the D-line. I think he's he's a perfect guy to play that DN spot and really develop in that one position instead of trying to be a jack of all trades. I think he could become a very high level player at the next level. At number 16 in this class for me is Patrick Sertain the second cornerback out of Alabama six foot one 203 pounds we've talked a lot about him so I won't go too in depth on his game but he's a three-year starter 
with so much big game experience at Alabama. That's one thing I really love about him. I love his size and length. Prototypical size at 6'1", 203. It's like he was came out of a cornerback mold. His dad, of course, played at the NFL for a long time. He's got that NFL DNA. He's been coached at a high level for so long, whether it was his dad or Nick Saban. Just a highly, highly intelligent football player who can really read an offense. I mean, he knows what's happening before it happens. I love his football IQ and his ability to just diagnose a play and be in the right place at the right time. Now, he doesn't have elite speed. I think he has solid speed, but the really fast elite wide receivers with speed could be a problem for him. But this is a guy who's a really really polished prospect. I mean, he has a high, high floor. I don't think he has quite as much upside as some of these other players in this class because with him, you basically get what you get. I think he's going to come in and just be a very, very solid starting cornerback at the NFL level, but he's essentially a finished product at this point. That's how well coached and how polished of a player he is. Very disciplined. He'll come in and be a very solid player. I just don't know if he's ever going to be a great player. I just think he'll be a very good player. And essentially, the chances of him being a bust are slim to none. But I also think the chances of him being a Hall of Famer are slim to none as well. I just think he's a guy that's going to play at a very high level, a very solid starter for probably a very long time in the NFL because of his discipline and technique. Number 17 on my big board is Jalen Phillips, edge player out of Miami. He's six foot five, 258 pounds. He had several injuries while he was at UCLA. He played his first couple years of college ball out on the West Coast for the Bruins, but then he transferred to Miami and he really shined. He was able to put it all together when he came and played for the Hurricanes. A very complete edge player who can rush and stop the run. His size, his length, and athleticism are outstanding. Checks so many boxes for what you're looking for in an edge defender. And his versatility, I think, is going to make him a handful for any offensive line. He is going to be a disruptor at the next level. And once again, like I said, the versatility, I think, is going to allow him to play in almost any defensive scheme. I think he could play a 4-3 defensive end or a 3-4 outside linebacker. I think he's that talented. Just checks every box for an NFL edge player. The only red flag for me is that he really only had one solid year of production. Now, like I said, he had some injuries and some things at UCLA where he never really put it together. He came out as a high-level five-star recruit and was kind of a disappointment his first couple years of college. But like I said, when he came to Miami, he was able to stay healthy. He was able to get on the field and be a big-time player. And that's why he's going to be a big-time prospect in this draft. He's kind of a boomer bust guy. Some guys are kind of down on him. Some guys are higher on him. I'm kind of in the middle, but I do think he's one of the top 25 players in this draft. And I think he has definitely high upside and could be a very good player at the next level. At number 18 on my big board is Trey Lance, the quarterback out of North Dakota State, six foot three, 224 pounds. We've talked a lot about him as well. I won't go too in depth, but for me, like I said earlier on this podcast, he's got to be one of the most intriguing players, if not the most intriguing player in this entire draft, but he's also the toughest player to evaluate for me. I've really had a hard 
hard time figuring this guy out. Now, he played in a pro-style system at North Dakota State, and I do like that a lot about him because I think it helps prepare him more than most quarterbacks coming out. And it was a system that allowed him to audible and change protections at the line of scrimmage. You don't see that much nowadays from college quarterbacks. And he has ideal size at six foot three, two 24. He's a big athletic kid. Athleticism and arm strength are outstanding. And he's probably and could be the most physically gifted quarterback in this entire draft outside of Trevor Lawrence. Really, really high upside. Intriguing player here because the experience for me is really the big red flag. Only 17 starts and all at the FCS level. Not that we haven't seen guys come from the lower levels and play at a high level in the NFL, but that's still not very much experience and not anything on tape where he played a big boy. He never played any high-level competition where you could see him going up against elite college players. So just a very hard player to figure out, but I do love the upside for him, and I love the athletic ability and his ability to make plays on the field as a runner as well as a passer. So he's going to go high in this draft, and someone's definitely going to take a chance on him. But yeah, he's an intriguing prospect. Not really completely sure what to make of him. My number 19 prospect in this NFL draft is Jamin Davis, the linebacker out of Kentucky, six foot three, 234 pounds. This is another guy who's been a big time riser in this draft. Small sample size is really the concern for him, but not his physical tools. Man, he's got all the physical tools. And I'm not kidding. When you watch his tape, he is an awesome, awesome athlete. Just incredible combination of size with a big frame, long arms, explosive player, man, that just jumps off the TV when you watch him. He makes those eye-popping plays because he's so quick. I mean, for a guy his size, you just cannot believe how fast this guy can move. Sideline to sideline range, really incredible range. He might have the best range of any linebacker in this class, maybe outside of Micah Parsons, but this guy is really, really impressive incredibly high upside for this guy because I think he's still developing as a prospect, but the upside for me is completely valid when you watch his tape because this guy can just do so many things on a football field and is just going to be an incredible all-around player once he gets coached up a little more and gets a little more experience under his belt. He could be a guy that really pops in year two or three, but I am really high on him because the athletic ability and size is just just off the charts. Number 20 on my big board, free safety Trayvon Merrig at a TCU, six foot one, 208 pounds, ideal size and length for an NFL free safety. He ran a 4-5-40, got that kind of speed. He's the best safety in this draft. And this, this is a class that's not extremely deep at the safety position, but this kid easily headlines this class for me and makes it just inside my top 20. He's really good in man-to-man, -man, but he's actually great in zone coverage. His man-to-man -man skills are definitely above average. I don't think it's a weakness in his game. But he's really, really good in zone and can cover a lot of ground. Another guy with really high football IQ just diagnoses plays very quickly and puts himself in a good position more often than not. What I really like about him is he's a complete player in coverage 
and he's good against the run. A physical safety who can get downhill, isn't afraid to get dirty. Really love the attitude and fire that he plays with. A guy that I think is is climbing draft boards and will probably get picked late in the first. And I think he's going to be a steal because safeties tend to get slept on a little bit in the draft, but can really be a beneficial player in the back end. A lot like we saw Antoine Winfield Jr. last year, a guy who slid into the second round and ended up being an outstanding player for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and was a big part of that championship run for them. This is a guy who I think could come in and be a day one starter and an immediate impact player for somebody at the free safety position. Number 21 for me is Najee Harris, the running back out of Alabama, six foot two, 230 pounds. I love his power and determination when you watch this guy run the ball. He can get downhill, physical, tough runner. He can get north and south between the tackles, but he also has enough speed to run outside on those stretch plays as well. A very complete player, a physical runner, man, that just pounds defenders when he's got the ball in his hands plays through the whistle love that about him the athletic ability whether it's jumping over defenders or even making guys miss at that size he's a pretty special player a very high level running back now for me he does run a little bit too tall a little too upright sometimes. I think he exposes himself to big hits, and that could be a problem at the NFL level. I'd like to see him get his pad level down a little bit. But, man, he showed improvement last season as a pass catcher and as a route runner, and I think he solidified himself as a complete running back, a true three-down running back who's going to add a ton of value to somebody late in this first round. At number 22, a guy who I have rated just barely below Najee Harris is Travis Etienne, the running back out of Clemson. He's 5'10", 215 pounds, has a really nice blend of size and speed, and is a really decisive runner. I like that when he finds the hole, he hits it hard. He doesn't like to dance around and try to make guys miss. Not that he can't, but I like his decisive running style that he just puts his foot in the dirt and takes off. And when I say takes off, man, this guy is a home run hitter in space. You get this guy in space, he has elite top end speed to really pull away from defenders. Once he gets past that second level, you better hope a safety or corner can get a hand on him because if they don't, he is gone. Awesome balance and quick feet. He's tough to bring down. He's another guy who's a three down back who is a definite threat out of the backfield. Now, he can be a liability in pass protection, and that could be an issue as far as keeping him on the field in third down because at the NFL level, coaches can get pretty frustrated Frustrated with running backs who can't protect the quarterback on third down. That's something he's going to need to improve, but I also think it's something that he can improve. It's something that he can work on. I'm sure he will be working on, but from a skill standpoint, this guy is pretty outstanding. He's got, like I said, a really nice blend of power and speed, athletic ability. I'm pretty high on Travis Etienne, and we saw him do it against elite competition in some of these games against teams like Alabama and other high-level programs in the college football playoff. So I, I'm really high on ETN. I think he could be a really special player. 
Number 23 for me is Zabin Collins, the linebacker out of Tulsa. Six foot four, 260 pounds. You want to talk about a guy who's got the blend of size, length, and power. This guy checks all the boxes. If you're noticing the trend with the high football IQ I keep mentioning, it's because I tend to rank guys a little bit higher who are intelligent football players. So for me, when I see a guy like this, who can read and react to plays at a very quick and very decisive level, to me, that gives you more points. And this is a guy who does that, a very complete player. That's another thing that I look for. I don't like one-dimensional players, and this guy is certainly not one-dimensional. He could fit almost any scheme. He plays the run. He can play in pass coverage. He can blitz and do all of these at a high level. And he's shown that time and time again on his tape. He just always seems to make big plays in big situations. And that's another thing I love about his game. Gets downhill in a hurry. And he can really just hit guys with some pop because of his size and the athletic ability. He's a guy who also seems to be climbing draft boards. And a guy that I didn't know a whole lot about going into this draft process. Played at Tulsa, so I didn't catch a whole lot of him in college football. But the more I learn about him... Him, the more I watch and read about him, I'm starting to think that this guy could be a big-time linebacker at the next level and could really be a steal in this draft. At number 24, Aziz Ujulari. He's an edge player for Georgia, six foot three, 240 pounds. A lot of people project him as an outside linebacker in a 4-3 defense, and I think he could be a guy who develops into a pass rush specialist because he's got natural pass rushing abilities, really high motor, never gives up on a play. I love his hustle, his toughness, his, he's competitive, and he's got just a really explosive first step. His overall quickness is outstanding. Standing, He can really get off the ball. He's got nice bend around the edge. Now, the thing about Ojolari is he's a very raw prospect. And when you watch his tape, he tends to win with athletic ability a little too often. He's going to have to develop his pass rush moves at the next level. So he's a guy that might not pop year one, but if he works hard and develops some of those pass rush moves with these NFL coaches that he's going to be working with, I think year two, year three, this is a guy who could really come on and maybe become a 12, 13 sack a year guy. I think he has that kind of upside. Not as polished as some of these other prospects on this list, but the, the the athletic ability is outstanding and the upside is very high. And the last player to make my big board top 25 is Christian Dershaw, offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech, six foot five, 314 pounds, ideal size and frame for an offensive tackle in the NFL. Really checks those boxes. He's exactly what you're looking for as far as his frame and build. But he's an athletic big man and he really moves well for his size. Now he excels in zone blocking and he's really excellent in pass coverage. He's a guy who's going to be a very complete offensive tackle, but I also think as good as he is in zone blocking, he's an outstanding pull blocker who can really finish at the second level. I mean, this guy just destroys linebackers. He times up his blocks really well. Now, the two big knocks on him, and we talked about him with one of our guests in an earlier episode. You have to go back and listen. He takes too many plays off, and that's a red flag for me. It's a bit concerning because his ability is clearly there and for the majority of the time he is smashing guys in front of him and making 
big plays, but you see these handful of plays every game where it just seems like he's not giving it his all, like he's just kind of out there. And for me, that's a little bit concerning. Some of the reports I've read is he's not necessarily the strongest guy. I think he needs to hit the weight room a little bit, but that's something that I think he can improve clearly at the next level. He's definitely a guy who I think is probably the third best offensive lineman, maybe fourth best offensive lineman in this class. And he has true tackle size. And a lot of tackles in this draft are actually going to project more as guards, where I think this guy is a true tackle. So that adds a lot of value as well. But that is going to do it for today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed hearing my top 25 big board players for this NFL draft. Tyrone should be back next week, like I said earlier. And we've got some more amazing guests down the road here, guys, on these upcoming episodes. We're going to be covering the draft in depth for you, PGF Nation. So stay tuned for that, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the Pint Glass Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at PGF Podcast.